All right, welcome to the weekly walk and talk where we talk about all things news, global, macro, economics, political, pretty much anything to do with finance and, and economics on this weekly walk. So welcome if it's the first time joining here. This is just an informal chat. I talk about lots of different things and just give my opinion on it. Oh, we're going down some steps. And just before we get into today's content, I did want to say one point about yesterday's video where I was talking about credit cards and why I don't own any credit cards, why I don't really like credit cards. And after the video, I had a chat with my wife who's American. And she says, your video applies to every other country in the world except America. And she said, I don't think you appreciate how difficult it is and just how deep the scam runs in terms of money in America, where if you haven't got a credit rating, you really can't do a lot in America. They look at this for your mortgage and they look at this for giving you a loan or, or pretty much anything in America. If you haven't got credit cards and a credit rating, it's very, very difficult to do anything. So if you are in America and you watched a video yesterday and you didn't agree with it, you know, as I always say, we're never gonna agree 100% on anything. It's just my take, you know, take it or leave it. Take what I say, um, keep what you think's good and will help you in your life. If you think it's irrelevant and not, not really relevant to you, just ignore the information, don't worry about it. But I wanna talk about one point that I thought was really, really funny. It was this guy saying, Neil, you don't get it. I've been saving up th for three, I think he said three years or four years, using my credit card to get points. And what I can now do with these points was, is I can get a flight, not just cabin, but first class to London, so, or Paris, I can't remember what he said, but he's saying, oh, I've saved up for three years, all these points, etc." And to me, I'm just gonna say it, I don't really get that. I don't see the point in three years worth of having a credit card to save up points just so you can get to the same place at the same time on the same flight, but sit in a different cabin. T to me, that doesn't really make any sense, but you know, to each their own. And I do appreciate everyone that says you get, you know, two or 3% worth of cash back. You know, great, great for you. If that's, if that's you and it works for you, do it. My point with it though, I think everyone missed is that I was trying to get across tipping point theory. Maybe I wasn't clear enough. And tipping point theory dictates that if you have a line of credit and you fall on hard times, you are going to use that line of credit because you always take the path of least resistance or least pain. Now you might say, Neil, I would never do a 35% interest rate on a credit card under any circumstances. I think you would. Now, let's just say that all these food shortages get worse and worse and worse. And for whatever reason, it's difficult to get food in the city you live in. Are you just going to say, I'm not gonna put any food on this credit card at whatever your percentage rate is, or are you gonna just completely forget about it and uh, go home with no food? I think you know the answer. So that's what I'm trying to get across. We always come back to tipping point theory and some people will use that line of credit if they fall on hard times. Whereas if you haven't got the lines of credit, you won't use it. So that's probably what I was trying to get across and didn't get across clearly enough, regardless of whether you're in America or not. Now we're on a beautiful walk again today. We're on the Isle of Man as usual. And we're just walking beside the river. Uh, there's just nature everywhere here. So we're taking a walk, but I wanted to address a 
question that keeps coming up or a comment that keeps coming up all the time. And that is, Neil, how do I wake up my family, my friends, my community, my coworkers? They just don't believe any of this stuff. They think everything's all sunshine and rainbows and they're just not worried about anything. They, they, they're just oblivious to it. How do I wake them up? And this is a really, really great question. And I'll definitely want to get into this. Now, I want to tell you a story that you can look up on Google or Wikipedia or history.com or whatever you want to do, and you will not find this story anywhere. And that is about the Bastille. So the French Revolution. In fact, it was the 14th of July, 1789, if my dates and my history is correct. And this is when the peasants, as, as they were known, stormed the Bastille. And at first, and again, this links into some of the things going on right now, at first they couldn't really do anything. There were guards, they had cannons and muskets and all these other things. And the people made no impact. The guard commander was very confident at the defenses. So more and more people actually started to wake up. And as more and more people were waking up and they were going to the, the Bastille, they started to storm the uh, prison. So it was this big prison. And this is really what started the French Revolution. Now there's two points to this story. Number one is that people think that people who are asleep will never wake up. And some of them won't ever wake up. But the second point to the story is that as more and more people did wake up and did get involved because they got confident, most people only want to follow the crowd, even if they think it's immoral or their integrity is uh, you know, being breached, they still will do what they're going to do because that's what the crowd dictates. And media is a, uh, you know, the modern day equivalent of this now. Media tells people what to do, so they do it regardless of whether it makes any sense logically, rationally, or morally. And one thing I want to point out as well is that when they did storm the prison, they didn't have muskets and cannons and all this. The people just had makeshift weapons. That was it. But they had an overwhelming majority in numbers and that made the difference. Now, here's the part I want to share with you, which is very, very interesting. What would you expect happened with the prisoners they set free. Because those prisoners in there, some of them had been in there for decades. They had been prisoners for decades. What do you think actually happened with those prisoners? I think you might be a little surprised. Did they come out and say, wow, thank you, we're so grateful. Thank you for setting us free from this prison. Did they say that? No, they didn't. In fact, they said, why have you done this to us? We were so happy in our ignorance, I'm using the word. We didn't have to worry about food. We didn't have to worry about a roof over our head. We didn't need to worry about going out and earning money in the world. We were just told what to do, okay, keywords, and we didn't need to worry about anything. And now you've set us free. We're out in this hectic, crazy world. No one's here to tell us what to do. No one's going to give us a roof over our head. No one's going to feed us every day. What have you done? And they actually wanted to go back into the prison and put their chains back on. Now, this is really crucial, what I'm sharing with you here, because this is somewhat what's happening in the world right now. A lot of people simply don't want to wake up. And I always teach this to my community as well. And when I'm coaching and mentoring, people will often communicate with you the way you give them permission to communicate with you. So what does that mean? 
Well, people say, how do you just go against the grain, Neil? And how do you never worry or whatever when people are in overwhelming numbers attacking you or saying you've got to do something? It's very simple. I just have that level of confidence that I don't care what other people say. If my logic and rational thinking and reason says the opposite. And I think it's important that all of you do the same, you know, from an integrity point of view as well. If you don't agree with something, don't do it. And it's really that simple. Yes, there are consequences of doing that. But for me, I think you'll be much happier and sleep better at night if you do it. And I think that's probably a good segue into the next point I want to mention was that you've probably seen the news this week, but Netflix has just lost $50 billion off their valuation. Oh, we got a couple of little dogs. Hello. Hey, who's this? Hiya. And so many people are surprised. I'm not surprised at all. In fact, I talked about Netflix, uh, Spotify, some of these other um, big tech companies as they will have problems in the future. I talked about Facebook. What happened with Facebook? Lost a lot of money. Why is this? Now, why is Disney, again, just lost its special interest rights in Florida? Busy today. We got, we got more. We got dogs. We got another dog here. Well, this is uh, the exception to the rule. Usually, there's no people walking where I go, but we've seen a few people so far today. But yeah, what's happened? Disney, thinking they're invincible, getting overly confident, getting involved now in politics and trying to, you know, say how people should live their lives or say how things, you know, should be done. And that hasn't worked for them in Florida. And this is going to cost them tens of millions of dollars now in, because you think about before, they had um, special rights where they could do pretty much anything in Florida. They could have built a nuclear reactor on Disneyland property if they wanted to. True story, they could pretty much do anything they wanted to do on that land. Now they've lost those rights as of, I think they've got a year before it comes into effect, but now they've actually lost those rights. Netflix lost a load of their streaming customers and they're coming out with all these reasons. Oh, it's because people are password sharing. Whatever, people have been password sharing since day one. Why has the excuse only come out now? It's because they've got to justify why they've lost so much money in users. I can tell you why, which isn't being talked about in the media. Why did I cancel my Netflix subscription? I'll tell you very clearly, and some of you watching are not gonna like what I'm gonna say here, but I'm gonna say it. I was watching a TV show for children and I was watching it with my godson, okay? And he's only, he's a kid, I mean, he's young. Okay, so this was a children's TV show. And it was great, it was fine, there was nothing crazy in there. But in one of the very last episodes, there was a, scene, let's say, that in, involved two young boys. They must have been about years old. And it was just not appropriate. And, you know, you keep seeing all this stuff now. And OK, if it's going to be in the media, it's going to be in the media, each to their own. I don't really care either way. But when I'm watching a show with a child who's, what, eight years old, maybe is he seven or eight, and that comes up, it would make me feel a little uncomfortable because I've then got to explain what's going on there. And I just think children at that age, it's just, it's too young, you know? I know people say, oh, well, at that age, they're old enough to know and whatever. I, I, I don't know. I don't think so personally. I think it's too young to put that in. And there was no need to put that into the TV show. There was no need to put that into the scene. 
And I looked online and a lot of parents were furious about that scene. Because again, they had to explain to their kids as young as four years old, five, six years old, what was going on with those two boys and why, what were they doing? So again, this isn't an anti-gay message or anything like that, okay? Each to their own, I don't really care. But what I'm saying is it was uncomfortable for me in that position to explain that situation. And especially for faith-based households, you know, Christian family. Another thing I watched last week was a new Harry Potter movie. And the first scene I thought to myself, why is that scene even in there? It was Dumbledore when he was younger and he, and you know, he's obviously, they're saying he's gay and he was talking to this other man in the restaurant or whatever, and they were in love and all this stuff. And I thought, why is this in, in the movie? It didn't really make any sense because the next scene was nothing to do with it. And then by the end of the film, I thought that that scene had nothing at all to do with the movie. It didn't make sense. Now, again, each to their own, I don't really care, but why was that in the start of a children's movie? I don't, I don't really get it, unless you're trying to push an agenda. So we'll get to the point in a second of why I'm saying all this. But another thing just this week, CNN, they've announced that they're going to cancel their online streaming service. Now, bear in mind, they spent, what, 300 million, I think, developing that streaming platform. And they were only getting 10,000 views per day. 10,000 views per day, that's it for 300 million investment. So that's a big loss and their CEO resigned. Now you've got to look at all this, what is actually happening? I'm gonna tell you what's happening. People are now waking up and they are voting with their wallets, with their money. So they're not willing anymore to just sit there quietly because they've seen what the media is really like. So they're not willing to just sit there quietly anymore. They are voting with their pocketbooks. So I canceled, I mean, I've canceled anyway, my Disney Plus subscription. I canceled my Netflix subscription. I would never subscribe to the CNN, the Clinton News Network anyway. But yeah, this is what we are now seeing. People are starting to vote with their money. And this is what you can all do. If you are upset by some of the stuff in the media, well, if you're paying a subscription to that platform, you are part of the challenge here that we all have. You're part of it because you're paying into that. So when people say, oh, I'm so upset, I'm so offended by this. And then I say, are you paying, to, well, are you paying towards that? Yes, I am. We'll just cancel your subscription then. It's really that simple. Okay, so moving on to another controversial topic now then. The Kremlin um, just this week is saying that they haven't heard back from Zelensky on their peace talks, like their, their offers for peace. And Zelensky actually uh, made a statement just a couple of days later saying, oh, I haven't received the proposal. And then that, that, that was it basically. And it made me think that is really, really weird. If I was Zelensky and I'm trying to stop this, this war that's going on in Ukraine and Russia emailed me, so I'm just putting myself in his shoes right now. The Kremlin contacted me and said, hey, we've sent you this proposal a couple of days ago. Why haven't you responded? You know, did you get it? And all that sort of stuff. The first thing I would do personally was say, hey, I, I didn't get that proposal. Can you send that through to me? Because I, I, I wanna check that. I wanna, I wanna read that right away. But actually that, that isn't what's happened. He just said, I didn't get it. And he carried on business as usual. It doesn't make any sense. If it were me, I'd wanna read that you know, instantly, pretty much. Another point then on the same sort of topic of military conflict. So this is the former 
uh, head of the state-run newspaper in China. He's basically warning, and he's being, you know, polite about it. Well, let's go this way, actually. But he's sort of saying that Nancy Pelosi shouldn't be going to Taiwan, you know, in, in person. You know, have a, have a Zoom meeting or whatever they have. But don't go there in person because it's antagonizing China. And he was saying, yeah, you know, I, I don't know the guy. I don't really know his background or anything. But it did seem to make sense what he was saying from a rational point of view. He's saying, yeah, have, have a call with them, you know, discuss things, but don't go in person because China feels that it's their sovereign territory or whatever. Let's not even get into the geopolitical, you know, parts about all of that. But my point is with, with what I'm saying there, he's saying that he thinks there's going to be military conflict in the near future because of this Taiwan and because the US stance on Taiwan, he thinks there's going to be military conflict between China and uh, the USA. And that is worrying. That is really worrying to me personally, even though I'm not in the USA, because this is like I've been saying for the last few weeks, you're seeing this convergence now of military powers or you know, country, these different countries, really, really powerful countries taking sides on a lot of issues here. And uh, it's not looking good. It really isn't looking good. And another thing that isn't looking good right now is the World Bank. Yeah, the World Bank has just come out and said that it expects food prices to increase globally by 37% in the next 12 months. And that's a conservative estimate. 37%, just imagine that, how it affects our budget in the West. It is hard, it is a hardship for a lot of people. But imagine if you are in a developing nation where your food budget isn't a few percent of your income, but it's like 75, 80, sometimes 100% or more of your income in a developing nation. How, how are these people, the poorest people in the world, going to actually pay for this? This is what I'm worried about. This is the sort of stuff that I wouldn't say keeps me up at night, but I definitely think about it. And I feel really bad. You know, you can't think about these things too much because you end up with the entire weight of the world on your shoulders if you, if you start thinking about all this stuff. But there was another report out just this week and it was from the IMF, the International Mafia Fund. Sri Lanka's now defaulted on their foreign debt as I've, as I've mentioned. I'm looking down a lot here just so I don't fall over because it's a stony beach. But they're uh, estimating, anyway, the IMF, that 60% of developing nations may default on their debt. And this is just in the next 12 months. 60% they think could default on their debt in the next 12 months. So I wanted to give you my own forecast on the three countries that I think are in imminent threat of default. So number one, we've already seen, that is Sri Lanka. We were talking about Sri Lanka. Number two is Egypt. A lot of people aren't talking about Egypt. I think they could be the second country to actually default. So if you have exposure to any emerging markets, and I'll mention a few other countries now, maybe just look at your assets and look at your investments because there could be some issues here. And the third one I think is in almost imminent danger is Turkey. Now I've talked about Turkey, I did a video on it a while ago and the hyperinflationary scenario that they're seeing, I think this could be a big one as well. So Turkey's another one. Now, Argentina is not quite in there at the moment. There's still some strength, but I tell you some Argentinians are very fiery people. I got so many angry comments when I said, 
that Argentina had hyperinflation. And people said, you know, one comment was ridiculous. It said, so what if we've got 50% inflation this year? So uh, this is per month, by the way. So what? Doesn't mean we have hyperinflation. Um, hello. That is what hyperinflation is. 50% or more per month in um, inflation is hyperinflation. So, uh, you know, to my Argentinian uh, subscribers here, sorry, I, you know, I don't want to upset you. You're obviously a fiery race of people, but that is what hyperinflation is. And that's what you've got. So now a couple of the other countries then, got a list here. Ghana, you might not expect this, fairly strong African nation. I think Ghana could default on its foreign debt. El Salvador, Bitcoin country. I think, uh, again, this is not going to be popular opinion. Keep an eye on El Salvador. If you've got uh, any emerging market investments there, keep an eye on it. I think they might default on their foreign debt. Uh, Pakistan, uh, Ethiopia, and Tunisia are my other ones I would say to watch out for. These, I think, could default on their debt. And you might think, okay, well, I don't, you know, I have no exposure to those countries, so it doesn't affect me. It's not really about that. Now, if you think about what I said about that report, 60% of emerging markets could collapse, basically, a default on their foreign debt. What actually happens, and there's a lot of studies on this you can see, look what happened in Southeast Asia, that chain reaction decades ago now. But this is probably what's gonna happen in the emerging markets. Once they start defaulting, it will start a daisy chain reaction. The dominoes will fall other nations, other developing nations will also fall around it. So again, this is going to fly in the face of what some of my colleagues uh, might say. Again, yes, I like emerging markets, but I would just say for me right now, I have zero exposure to emerging markets. I think it's a risk. It's too big of a risk versus the reward in terms of the return on investment that you'll get. All right, well, I'm going to continue my walk now. I don't want to go on for too long because I know if I make these videos too long, people say, oh, they're too long and all, everything else. So uh, hopefully that was valuable today. I'm going to carry on walking now. I've probably got another hour or so to walk and I'm going to edit this and get it uploaded for this evening. So I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for watching as always. And I will see you next week now. I always take the weekends off now made a point to take the weekends off. So uh, take care guys, God bless you and your families and I will see you next time.